Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode of Innovation and Compliance. Today, I have with me Todd Marlin. Todd is the Ernst & Young America's leader for forensic data analytics and financial services forensic technology. We're going to visit about the recent Global Forensic Data Analytics Survey 2018 released by EY and really try to uh, talk about and explain the innovation using this and how the compliance professional or indeed other corporate professional can utilize the forensic data analytics to fully operationalize a wide variety of areas within the company. So, Todd, with that uh, somewhat long-winded introduction, uh, thank you and uh, thanks for taking the time to visit with me today. Well, thanks for having me on. So, um, really, one of the things that struck me about this report Todd, was how you zeroed in on certainly some of the challenges for utilizing this type of data analytics to operationalize compliance, but also some of the opportunities. So I was wondering if perhaps you could start out with uh, what did the report find about the number of stakeholders utilizing forensic data analytics? And uh, was that surprising to you, unsurprising, uh, or why or why not? Well, I mean, there's an application for forensic data analytics, you know, across the organization. Uh, and really what it takes to be successful is a tone at the top, if you will, support from the C-suite. And frankly, it, there should be uh, support from the, the board of directors because this is a vehicle to gain insights into risks that, uh, frankly, you couldn't get a lens into before because this was not available. Uh, certainly, um, you know, from the challenge perspective, and what we saw in the report is that there's really, you know, few dedicated resources uh, to uh, in the organization to actually making this happen. So that was, a, you know, a bit surprising uh, as well. Um, you know, the beyond the number of resources that are dedicated to this at large, um, there aren't uh, there is a shortage of resources in the world, frankly, and in the organizations that we surveyed. So one of the challenges or opportunities for organizations is how do I, or how do, how do they uh, enhance the skills of the existing employees uh, to uh, increase or sort of uh, bridge that talent gap? So when most uh, folks think of data analytics, they're probably going to think of initially perhaps internal audit, perhaps information technology, uh, perhaps finance. But what you all showed in the report was that this type of information can help a wide variety of corporate disciplines execute a strategy. And that is in addition to the corporate disciplines I mentioned, certainly management and overall enterprise risk management and even legal and compliance. Do you see companies uh, either trying to or actually moving towards more fully operationalizing a forensic data analytics solution? Absolutely. I mean, there's this uh, gold rush, if you will, related to this area, which is you know, often starting with, you know, the organization building, you know, in organizations building internal data science teams, for example, uh, although there's a tremendous war for talent on that, but as well, trying to go out and buy elements of the analytics supply chain, maybe not upfront knowing how they're going to use those elements, whether it be visualization or machine learning or data science platform, but they're starting to invest, you know, in the area. And then as business problems are arising, trying to figure out how they can utilize what they have and what they need to complement with with it to 
done. You know, on the more sophisticated organizations that we see approaching this, they're, they're operationalizing it, to your point, as a program with cross-functional management, uh, budgets, and teams to really tackle, you know, the most high-impact business problems. Todd, in your role as America's leader, do you help clients to set up the, uh, the methods to capture the data, then move to uh, interpret it? Or are you uh, helping companies to more fully operationalize what they've already captured, or perhaps both? All, all of the above. I mean, it all begins with the data, right? And so in today's world, and as we all know, that data is everywhere. It's on their premises. It's on their infrastructure. It's in their cloud. It's on their devices. It's maybe with their third-party providers. It's all over the place. It's in all different formats, and it's global. So getting and accessing the data that they need to answer these critical questions or contextualizing the data that they already have and enriching it, it's at the heart of it, right? So that's, that's one of the primary challenges uh, of most companies is to get at the right data. Then after you get the right data, ensuring that you actually, that it is what you expect it to be and that you can use it in the form and fashion that, you're, that you intend to, are you allowed to use it? Uh, and then of course, you know, what do you do with it? How do you ask those questions that are important related to your situation? And then how do you present that information so people can look at the results in a, in a common sense way so you can bring the experts to the organized information so they can draw the insights around the situation about what is important and what's not. We help organizations on that entire journey. So it's the last part of the journey that I hear uh, the most often frustrate uh, compliance professionals. Uh, which is they don't understand what the data means and they don't have the academic or professional background to help them understand it. Can you explain uh, how, how uh, EY and yourself might help a compliance professional or perhaps even a lawyer or someone with a, a legal training to understand the data? Is it the visualization of it or is it something else? You know, I think you're hitting on a very important question, which is there's a lot of elements to, to making this happen. And it's not you know, when people think of analytics, when, when generally, when, you know, and it means a lot of different things to different people, I guess, depending on what direction you come at it from. Um, if you're a technical professional, you think most often you probably identify that analytics are the, the programs or the routines or the uh, machine learning uh, models that you create. If you're a business person, you might associate analytics with a visualization, as you say, or a report or a transaction, or a series of transactions. Well, the reality is, is that when the compliance professional, or the lawyer, or the business person is talking about analytics, what they're really referring to is not the analytics, not the, the, pro, the, the complex processes that are you know, organizing the data that comes from all those places that we just talked about before. What, what, what they really mean is, what they really care about is, what's important? What, what is the insight? They're really looking for insight. Those folks are looking for insight about their question, about their business, about their problem, right? So the, the, the opportunity is to, to use all of the tech, the know-how and the domain expertise to present the information, to provide insights in an accelerated fashion so that when those folks, the lawyer, the compliance professional, the business person look at the information, it, 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 it makes sense in the context of what they're trying to understand. Just so providing a graph or a visualization, you know, without the context um, and then saying hunt for the information, I think, you know, that, that's really sort of missing the mark. Um, 
you know, there, there's a story to be told along with that. And that sort of, uh, often, you know, often, uh, you know, requires a, a human as well. So you don't just deliver the, deliver a, a spreadsheet, a visualization, et cetera. You know, you need to tell the story. What, what story does it tell and why, why is that important? You know, that's a point I really try to stress, which is the human element. And you hit exactly on it. Only the human, it's not so much that the human can interpret it, but it's the human who contextualizes and puts it in the story within the context of the overall business organization and whatever their strategy or tactic might be. So that having that trained professional who can really turn it into a story, I think, is a a critical element as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, uh, you know, exactly right. I mean, in this highly automated world, moving to this highly intelligent world, right? I mean, things are being increasingly done more by machines, right? But it takes humans to program those machines. A human still needs to do something at the end of the day to make meaning of it. Um, you know, we're not at the point where humans are going to be entirely replaced, right? And that's, there's good reason why we wouldn't want to, to do that. But at the end of the day, you know, that, con- that context, that insight, that that is critical to prioritizing what's important. And frankly, depending on the approach that's used, that's part of the feedback loop for the machine to get better and smarter. So uh, you mentioned early on um, the cross-functional collaboration challenges that uh, you, you, you guys saw as reflected in the report. And what I really wanted to explore is obviously this is a challenge and the siloed nature and risk management but to me, when, when I see that type of siloed nature, I see great inefficiency and great opportunity to make businesses run more efficiently. So I was wondering if you might uh, talk about the cross-functional collaboration challenges that the report observed and any recommendations you might have to, to really break those silos down. Yeah, well, look, I mean, it starts with, you know, where you were, where you were uh, you asking about me you know, earlier, you know, what does it take to operationalize uh, FDA. My answer would be, you know, support from the top of the house, right, from the C-suite, and it should be a critical imperative of every organization, frankly. So, I mean, that's, you know, if you have the mandate or the tone at the top that that sets that as part of the organizational strategy, um, then, you know, that sets the stage for cross-functional collaboration. But let's be honest, if you if you break down any business problem that you're really trying to solve within a, an organization, it's never really one department that you're dealing with to solve a problem. And particularly when you talk about data, right? In today's world, in, let's call it a typical company, let's call them Acme, right? <laughs> you have the business, right? That's, that's looking to solve a problem or get an answer to a question, right? They need to get the data, right? There's going to perhaps be a, an information technology group that controls the, either controls the data themselves or has the relationship with the third party provider, right? So you're going to have to deal with them. But then of course you have good old information security department that's going to want to make sure that, hey, uh, is this uh, secure? Where is the data going to be stored, et cetera? Then you have the privacy team. Are you allowed to use that data in the way that you're going to utilize that? What are you going to combine it with and how are you going to protect it, right? And then, of course, you know, there's the, the economic aspect of it. Who's going to pay for it? It's not just the business. So you might have, you know, the the finance arm of the organization, the accounting arm, CFO, you know, depending on, you know, the significance of the spend, having to approve the budget, right? So, there, you know, there's a lot of, there, and then there's, of course, there's the legal, <laughs> right? How, you know, how are we, you know, mitigating our risk and, 
you know, if you're, are they, are you, who are you using to create this? Is it all in house? Are you, you know, utilizing any third party providers and what obligations they have versus what you have and you know, intellectual property considerations? So just cross, the, the point of that story is cross functional collaboration is, is essential um, to operationalizing this. And, you know, the, the companies that are getting it right, you know, as they're working on these, these various problems, have to effectively collaborate because, you know, it's, it's multi-department and it expands outside of the company, frankly, as well. And that collaboration, you know, what's interesting, an interesting point in collaboration that we see is we see this trend that many companies are now have data science teams. And that might be one person, it might be n number of people. So now that, you know, there's a new department, innovation and data science. You have the, the citizen data science within the organization. So, and then collaboration outside, you know, your, your providers not only need to help foster the collaboration with those departments, but work in a collaborative team with the data scientists that exist in the company. So uh, continuing um, the use of uh, that great uh, uh, anonymized name, the Acme Company, uh, Acme, not Acme, uh, you have a case <laughs> study. Uh, in the report that I was wondering if you could just walk us through, because it seemed like to me it was a great example of a company that was really forced to, it looked like because of a potential regulatory oversight or even enforcement action, uh, f- really fully operationalize an FDA approach to resolving a, a, a problem. So I was wondering if you could just uh, hit some of the highlights, that, including both the objective and how the uh, the company achieved that objective. Yeah, well, so this 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 hypothetical company. Uh, it was a financial company, a bank. And, uh, you know, they had identified some potential issues with consumer credit compliance uh, related to loans, customer loans. And they had to uh, initiate a project to assess what they might need to refund to their customers for interest, fees, and other charges during this potential, potentially troubled period. Uh, so essentially, you know, forensic data analytics was used uh, to bring all the stakeholders together from the business unit head, sales, legal, customer relations, IT, information security, you know, to one, to set the, set the stage for getting this done and also to be a committee to make decisions as this came along. Uh, as well, there was a, uh, a data uh, investigation or data evaluation exercise to identify where the data was held in the various systems as it related to the customer and loan level data. And then that data was taken from the form that was stored because, you know, frankly, the form that it's stored is not the form that you often need to analyze it. So it's, it's there's a transformation. There's that, that data collection that needs to happen. Uh, of course, there was a lot that needed to be done in terms of analysis and rec- reconciliation to make sure it was accurate and complete for what you were for what we were expecting. <laughs> Ultimately, um, you know, the exercise uh, resulted in uh, an automatic reperformance of the calculations to determine um, what needed to be refunded. Uh, and it, it added tremendous value uh, and efficiency uh, to the client. So, you know, there's, there's many, many examples like this, but this was a pretty significant example around the cross-functional collaboration. So, um I wondered if you could uh, give a few words about why forensic data analytics is so important to proactive approaches as opposed to reactive approaches. 
because I really thought that you guys nailed it on the head they, uh, when you talked about the proactive use of this data rather than simply utilizing um, the information to detect a problem. Uh, the proactive approach is what the government is, is really pushing us towards in many areas of compliance. And you really uh, talk about harnessing the power of uh, FDA for a proactive approach. Yeah, I mean, it's it's where everything's going. I mean, organizations and frankly, governments are not just looking for red flag or red alarm detectors, right? You have a problem here. But really sort of taking it to the next step when you identify a potential problem, you know, addressing it. And this is where robotics, machine learning, artificial intelligence, you know, comes in around these various problems. There are now these different, different ingredients to make a chef's comparison in your kitchen, which can be utilized along with, with case management and workflow to systematize the use and ongoing analysis of, of data to present decisions and, frank, frankly, you know, automate some of that decisioning so that you can mitigate risks. Um, you know, if you think if we think back five, six years ago, you know, if you had dashboards, it was like water and air. But what were dashboards at the end of the day? They were just a an organized presentation of data. Right. And then humans would just go through the data and try to find what's important. Well, technology is really substantially advanced to whether we're now it's, it's beyond organization. You can infuse learning and, and automation, as I've mentioned, to find something decision based on past, past behavior or have human intervention, have the humans look at the high impact stuff and, and the machine learn from those decisioning and, and, and find things to, to con continue that, that risk monitoring. That's really where we, we see things, things going and we're, we, we're helping companies every day around trying to implement, implement that in, in, different, in different ways. So, Todd, I'd ask you about uh, proactive monitoring, but you actually uh, gave a great phrase that I wanted to, to explore a little bit. You talked about case management and workflow of data. And when I heard that, I really heard something a little bit different, which was business efficiencies, that by having this approach, having this data available and having it, uh, it either visualized or interpreted, it puts the guy, the business person on the ground, uh, gives them a greater ability to move more quickly, more nimbly, and with a much broader uh, degree of data to make a decision uh, for the company's best interest. Uh, would that also be a use of this? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I'm glad you picked up on that because at the end of the day, you know, we see that as an essential part of this ecosystem, which is you need to have that workflow management around this that says, here's what's been presented, here's how it's working, here's what happened, and here's what was done. And that audit trail, that interface for the business person to intervene, to do what they need to do and record it, then the machine to learn from it and to have an audit trail of all of that, if you will. And that's really where, you know, and then frankly, you know, it, it provides a vehicle uh, for risk management functions to see where things are not getting addressed and to look at outcomes and to look at issues in a holistic way. So that's why I find this entire area so innovative. We've taken something that I think uh, probably started out as, as a true de detect uh, uh, tactic or even strategy. And you've talked about it, how you've seen and you've helped your clients move it into proactive. But now we're really taking it in a completely different direction, which is to increase business efficiencies. Yet it maintains the proactive approach and even the detect a component because of the audit trail so that it can be reviewed if a regulator ever comes knocking at the end of the day. 
No, that, I mean, that, that's, that's absolutely right, right? And it's not only the regulators, it's litigants, it's adversaries, you know, it's, you know, it, it's organizations, governments, et cetera, that have adverse interests, right? So it, it pays to, you know, sort of have the records to show the decisioning and the basis for the decisioning, right? And then also the records to show that you were monitoring for the, for the risks. Well, Todd, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I wanted to thank you. Uh, I've been visiting with Todd Marlin, the uh, Ernst & Young America's leader for forensic data analytics and financial services forensic technology. We've been uh, having a fascinating discussion about the innovative use of forensic data analytics in a really an operational role um, for a company. And I think it really demonstrates uh, how you guys are really on the cutting edge of of taking many of the disparate uh, topics and techniques we've talked about, Todd, and putting them into a package that uh, you can help clients uh, really move forward to what I see is not only make them more efficient, but really at the end of the day, even more profitable. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate the time and the opportunity and you know, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Innovation and Compliance Podcast with Tom Fox. Embedding compliance in your organization is a key component to the business equation of operationalizing your compliance program. How can you do it? Learn more at fcpacompliancereport.com slash innovation.